Have you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. And we're doing another one. It's happening. Very exciting, uh, <laughs> relatively uh, exciting times here at the Open Bar Talk podcast, which is a podcast uh, dedicated to talking and interviewing bartenders, hearing all the crazy shit that they've been into. Uh, I am your host, Jim Search. Uh, you can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. You can go on all the social media. Find me at Jim Search. Uh, super easy breezy uh, to get a hold of me. If you want to uh, get a hold of the show, you can do that, openbartalk at gmail.com. Uh, is a great place to find us uh, and email us and send us your crazy stories and whatnot. Uh, if you want to uh, find our show, you can. We are on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on iHeartRadio. So all those platforms, find us, download, rate, review, do the whole nine. You know what to do. That's super easy. Uh, but, you know, uh, before, so before we get into, uh, before I get in, into introducing our guest we have on, um, you know, this is a, uh, crazy times that we're living in here in New York City. Uh, you know, as you may know, uh, this is, uh, being recorded, uh, middle of March, uh, 2020, and we are in the throes of a motherfucking pandemic. So, uh, normally I have guests in the studio, but, uh, in this go around, uh, we are Skyping in because, who the fuck knows what's happening out in these streets? Uh, but you know what? That's neither here nor there. We're going to have some fun. We're going to hear some crazy stories, and we're not going to let this shit get us down, right? And so that being said, uh, you know, we're, this show is all about raising the bar and doing unprecedented things. And with that being said, I have my first Skyped-in guest. I'm very excited to hear what she has to say. Uh, she's been in the game for a minute. Very excited uh, that – and she's very – you know what? I have to say, in terms of enthusiasm, you are down to do this. And for that, I am grateful. Like, you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll download Skype. I don't know what that is, but I'm doing it. Fuck it. <laughs> so, uh, Varix, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, listen, my Atkinson, everybody, give it up for her. Woo! Woohoo! Hey, how's it going? Oh, man. You know what? As good as I can do, right? Uh, we're, uh, yeah. we're doing this. Uh, you know, so, you know, it's crazy because, uh, we are recording this, uh, and, you, you know, just to kind of give the listeners a little bit of, uh, insight here, but this was, the day after your last shift, right? As a bartender yeah. for, the, um, for who knows for, yeah, indefinitely, mm -hmm. uh, the bar that I work at and every bar and restaurant in New York city is mandated to be closed until this pandemic is over. Yeah. For that maybe. Yeah. Nobody, we have literally no clue what that looks like. Um, I know yeah. at one point, Though it was 50% occupancy, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and then it moved uh -huh. into just, <laughs> y'all got to close because yep. this is, uh, this turned into a holiday and that's not what this actually is. Y'all are supposed to just not be out. Um, mm -hmm. so. Not but, snow day. This is not Columbus day. No, it's not Columbus. This is we might all die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is, um, batten down the hatches, stay the fuck inside, right? Yeah. That's what we're supposed to be doing, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, but again, thank you so much for, uh, for doing this. Um, so, you know, we'll, well, let's get started. Uh, you know, why don't you, uh, you know, just tell us a little bit about how you got into the game, uh, you know, just kind of your first couple jobs. Uh, what was that, what was that looking like for you? Totally. So, uh, I've been bartending almost 17 years now, mm. which is pretty wild. My first job, I was waiting tables at an Irish pub slash restaurant in Boston when I was 20, okay. 2004. And, uh, part of the, the job as it being an Irish restaurant was, uh, we, we had to make all our own drinks. We had to do time behind the bar. So I kind of, you know, came in as a server and got all the training as a bartender, which looking back was super, super lucky. That doesn't happen right. much at all anymore. Now you kind of have to kind of slowly climb that ladder of busser, bar back. And even then it's still tough. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I know that like, you know, just in the episodes we've done uh, here on the show, it's like so many of the guests we've had on have been like, you know what? I started as a bar back. 
I worked mm-hmm. for a year and a half and then, you know, I slowly learned the, the way of the world and then finally a position opened. So it sounds like you got like uh, double the training in half the time, right? Yeah, totally. And just kind of, yeah, came in laterally rather than <laughs> having to climb up, which is nice. <laughs> it's like, it's like one of those, like, uh, like when you graduate from college and they give you like a, like a corporate management trainee program, like fresh out of yeah. college, you're thrown in as a manager and it's like, here you go. Mm-hmm. You got the job. Go for it. Go um, for it. Learn, learn, learn on the floor. You yeah. got it. Yeah. You got it. That's this, the best way this, to learn too, I think. You know, I've, had, I've trained some people with no experience before, and it's just like if it if it's a busier night, and they can just get thrown on the fire, and I'll be there to like pick up the pieces. Like that's a better way to teach somebody to do something, even bartending. You know, well for sure. I mean, I feel like you know at least from it. You know, having I haven't necessarily been behind the bar, but I would think that like you know you got to learn it. Like there isn't yeah. like, you know, the margin of error is so slim that you're just like, all right, I have to fucking nail this. I got to do this right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. So you started, uh, so you started in Boston, um, yeah. as a, uh, so waitress slash bartender. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, w- so what were, what were like some of the first, uh, what were some of the first memories of that? What, what was that like? Um, so I worked, I worked this, at this restaurant, um, and bar in Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts, uh, called James's Gate. Okay. And it was a real, like, family type atmosphere. Like, a lot of the staff had been there for over 10 years. A lot of the regulars, you know, were there every day. They had their wedding receptions there. They had their baby showers there. Uh, you know, some kind of post funeral memorial stuff there. It was like that kind of a, neighborhood pub community feel. Right. So I thought it was like maybe like the perfect job to kind of like get into this field just because it was so positive and I learned kind of like the com- the community value. Right. of a local, you know. For sure. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, like I just think of like cheers, right? Like Absolutely. You- yeah, yeah, very cheersy vibe. Very uh, cheersy vibe. Lots of um, and lots of really cranky old bartenders. Um, you know, some young, hot-headed Irish dude bartenders. Like, really, some some classic Boston tropes here. <laughs> I was I was gonna say I have the feeling this bar is like what you're describing just sounds like like the stereotypical Boston bar, like just the oh, walking. Okay. Like, you know, you walk in and it's like they check your ID and it's from New York. They're like, Yankee fan, get out. Mm-hmm. That's that sort of vibe, right? Yeah. Um, so, anywho. Uh, wrong well, bar. You came to the wrong bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I actually, um, I, I had family who lived out in Jamaica Plain, believe it or not. And so I actually partied oh, out cool. there for uh, a couple nights and... You know, there's a there's a couple crazy places out there, believe it or not. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, I'm sure the you know. The Brendan Bean, the Jeannie Johnston, Costello's. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. um, and, you know, this was like, oh my God, this is probably like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So, like, I was like super young and I was just like, fuck it, I'm going out and having a bender. And, like, I couldn't, mm-hmm. even, I couldn't even tell you the bar uh, that I went to at the time. Oh, but, like, sure. I do remember just, like... I met some couple out there and one of them was just like, Hey, um, I just bought some bad drugs. Do you want to go with us so I can get my money back? Oh like, no. I was like, what? No, <laughs> hard pass. Uh, but again, that's a, that's a whole other, that's a whole other podcast. Whole that's other story. wild. Um, so they're like, Hey, you look like you could be muscle for me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like you look like you could be an enforcer in what will probably be an arrest. <laughs> Come with us. Do you, are you interested in that? I'm like, uh, um, interested in, a, in spending a night in jail, bud? <laughs> yeah, just because I mean, you, you don't look like you're busy. Let's uh, let's let's <laughs> let's go do some shit like that, right? That sounds pretty chill, right? So, uh, so anyway, uh, so we, all right, well, look, you know, we we kind of got a little bit of your uh, the story uh, behind the scenes. So now, tell us, like, what are some of your more and, and again, this could be from last night all the way back to the beginning but like what what are your what are some of your like standout memories of uh being behind the bar um okay 
I have one really outrageous story that I might as well just like blast out of the gate with. Um, Let's go for it. It was like 2006 or 2007. It was like my first year in Brooklyn. So I moved here. I was 23. Uh, I started working at this like lo- like little park slope dive um, called the Black Sheep, which is no longer open. I know. I know and- where that place is. I know what you're talking about. And I, you know, when I started working there, the the owner, one of the owners is a little nuts. And also it was known as like the, the, the late night, like after hours joint. So we had a lot of, like, we stayed open. We were encouraged to stay open past 4 a.m. Um, there's just like a little kind of porthole in the front door and we'd lock the door and then people would knock if it was after hours and you'd like go peek through the little porthole and see if you knew the person then let them in. So a lot of like uh, service industry, a lot of other bartenders in the neighborhood. It was a really fun job, but we would end up being there until like sometimes like nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, Jesus. After being there all night. Yeah. It was like very, very fun in your early twenties, but like got old quickly after a while of being kind of known for taking care of those folks that, and, and, you know, after 4am time goes really a lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> Cause there's usually so there's, things that'll push it along actually. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll help uh, so there's this one particular night, uh, and I had like quit drinking for a week or something, mm-hmm. you know, 23. So a week is a long time. And I had been kind of burning the candle at both ends, um, working, drinking too much while I was working, drinking too much while I was not working. So I decided to like take it easy for a week. And this was like my last night okay. of this week of sobriety. So it's pretty cranky. I was working, um, like a 14 hour shift. It was the end of the night, um, probably five, five thirty AM. And, um, I had a c- couple regulars. Um, one lived across the street and one was another local bartender and they were both like friends of mine. And, uh, I was just at the point where I was just like, all right, I'm done. I'm sick of hearing you fucking drunks right? talk nonsense. No one else is coming. I'm not making any more money. Like, let's get out of here. And these two guys were like, one more shot, one more shot, please. Right. Right. And these are your like, friends. No way. No way. I'm going to. I already closed the register. I'm going to pee and we're going to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And they're like, come on, one more shot. And I was like, I've been drinking water all night. I got to pee and we're out the door. One more shot, one more shot. And I was like, all right, you guys, here's what we're going to do. I grabbed two shot glasses, mm-hmm. took them in the bathroom with me <gasps> okay. and pissed in them. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my yeah. God. You, yes, yep. you did blast out the fucking gates. Yes. Holy and shit. It's only the beginning, Jim. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I come out of the bathroom with these two shot glasses full of my urine. Holy shit. Full of my clean living, water drinking, 23 year old little baby angel urine. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I plant them in front of these two guys and I'm like, all right, here's, here are your shots, bitches. Like. <laughs> <gasps> You asked for it, you got it. These are shots of my pee, right? And you you told them it was shots of your pee. Absolutely. Oh I'm nothing if okay. not totally transparent in this story. <laughs> yeah, so I actually give them the pee shots, um, and they don't believe me that it's pee. <sighs> no way. They're sniffing it. One of them has kind of a long, like, hook nose. Mm-hmm. Dips his long nose mm. drunkenly in my shot glass of pee. Oh my god. I'm cracking up. Um, <laughs> they both do it. And they're like, that wasn't pee. That was warm water. Oh, my God. And I... at this point, now I have no satisfaction. Sheesh. But I'm like, I'm like cracking up. But again, I've been drinking water all night. So I still have to go. Right. And it's the summertime. Yeah. I'm wearing a dress. I take a pint glass, <gasps> put it under my skirt, and pee more into it to prove it to them. Because at this point, I want to prove that they just drank my pee, oh and my. I want them to believe me, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's so the I satisfaction, can, right? I filled this pint glass almost to the top. Wow. Uh, so I slam it down to the bar, mm-hmm. and I'm like, taste that. That's not – it's going to taste exactly the same, and I just proved to you it's not warm water. <laughs> wow. So uh, one of the dudes is 
like, uh, uh, I'll give you to the other guy. I'll give you 10 bucks if you drank that whole thing. <gasps> no way. And I'm like, I'll give you both a shot of whatever you want. And then we're out the door. If you drink that pint glass of my pee. Oh and uh, he's like, all right. So he, so I'm like getting two shots of Woodford reserves ready. Sure. And um, the dude starts drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, he, he's like gags. And then he's like, oh, it tastes fine. Uh, it's just uh, so warm. Oh my God. Well, yeah, you just, wa- he just watched yeah. it happen. Of course it's <laughs> fucking war. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what sort of Jedi mind trick does he think is happening right now, right? Jesus. Yeah, right? So I grab a handful of ice from the bin and throw it in the glass, and it's like, drink up. Oh, that's ki- well, that's kind. I think yeah, that's right? a kind it's thing to do. Sweet <laughs> mm-hmm. So he chugs the rest of the pee with the ice in it. It's much more palatable that way. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. I give, them that, they, I give them their shots. At this point, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to do a shot, too. The sobriety is over, obviously. And um, and then I'm like, all right, let's go. And then the other guy that didn't get to drink a pint of my piss is like, I kind of want to try it again. <laughs> no fucking. Yo, man. Like, you, do, <laughs> you like, have turned, like, you know what is like, you tapped into this inner kink with them, where they're, right? just, where they're just like, I, I don't know anything else now. Like, I saw it, and I can't ever turn back from it. Oh, my God. And this is now who I am, right? This, I actually have a, a, a joke about, um, kink, uh, like, uh, origin stories, and I, and I've told this story separately, and not ever thought that this is definitely... At least one of these dudes kink origin story. Oh, this is absolutely one of it. Like, no I'm, doubt. This it's, is it's the second one. That second dude that was like, you know what? Can I try to? It was like, okay. Uh, that didn't come from nowhere. Yeah, so, exactly. That wasn't, that wasn't just like, hmm, this could be cool. This was like, finally, I'm accepted. This is, yeah, I'm, I'm totally. with my people. This is who I am. <laughs> I'm like, so, my... you know, long story short, the end of the night is, uh, is three pint glasses half filled with my urine and us dropping shots of Jaeger and chugging all three of them. So like, I feel like, yeah. Okay. I was going to say like, you are, you know, it's almost like, um, they're like seeing if you're wired, like if you're like, you know, do you have a wire? You're like, no, I'll drink it too. Fuck it. It's not poison. It's me. I got this. Right. Well, yeah, we're stuck under this boulder together. We have to drink my pee, you know? Well, I also, or also, or like, I, this is also maybe like, you know, like a witch's curse and now you like own them. Like, you can mm-hmm. like, you're like in their minds now and you can, can just control them and shit. Holy Ooh. shit, man. Have you, have I you mean, this is two, what, 2000? 2006, you said, right? So this is like 14 years ago. Imagine mm. having power over someone for that long and not even using it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you had real estate that you didn't even know you had. There's real estate out there that you had <laughs> that was just now, you know, it's, I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's appreciated. I can't imagine they've appreciated over time, but mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe the, the, they, they could have, uh, they could have turned that around for themselves, man. Maybe this is a memory that they share with all their friends and family. They're, they probably have children now. You know, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say these are how old were these dudes Are these younger, dudes? Um, a little older than me. So like one one was in his late 20s, one was in his early 30s. So they're OK no. so or, they're probably 40s. Yeah, I was going to say they're probably uh, early to mid 40s. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I bet they probably got some kids. Maybe settled it's, down. It's, maybe it's just like a dark secret in their past that they haven't shared with their wives or maybe. Mm hmm. Or maybe it's just like their their go to like funny story that they tell at a cocktail party. Oh yeah, I mean, I or like what even better? I mean, we'll, we'll you know just for the sake of the story, like you know, one of them gets married, right? And that that guy has to give the best man speech, just like, hey yes. man, Rick is a real pisser. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> just ah, uh, ain't he just a big pisser, man? He's just. <laughs> You know, he's that just the name of the, sh- the that we gave to the shot with the Jaeger dropped in, like because I mean it's like a Jaeger bomb, but we just called it a a wicked pissa. Because mm. I had also just moved from Boston. I was a Bostonian. They made fun of me for that already. So well, you perfect. Know, 
yeah, I, I was going to call it a wicked pisser, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to let, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a Bostonian. I wouldn't feel right, <laughs> you know, taking that, uh, taking that colloquialism and, and running with it. Well, yeah. I got to say, Alyssa, uh, you it definitely came out strong. Uh, it, uh-huh. uh it, this is the 10th episode we've done and this is the strongest lead I think we've had so far, uh, this season. So oh, I, yeah. kudos, kudos to you on that one. So you said, so, yeah. and you said, so you said we just started though. So there's more, like you said, so there. Oh God, I don't even, I, I am trying to like, like recount all of the story. There's just so many nutso things. I've worked a lot, like I've worked in many neighborhoods in Brooklyn over the past 14 years, Park Slope predominantly, okay. well, Park Slope and Bushwick separately uh, at separate times, but, um, and I've worked in other neighborhoods, but I've worked in Park Slope for like six years and uh, I currently work in Park Slope and I started in Park Slope and in the middle I worked uh, eight years in Bushwick. Okay. Um, and there's little stuff like some douchebags coming to the bar and like holding up an iPhone and asking if we have apple juice. Oh God. That, that, that became kind of a like really eye roll inducing, like common thing that was happening in Bushwick once it started getting really gentrified. (laughs) Yeah. Douchebag dad jokes. Um, but yeah, I think all the craziest stories come from park slope, man. Like, Park slope, strollers during the day, and then just a ton of cocaine at night. Which, you know, I would, you know, like, I've lived in New York now for, God, I think I'm going on 14 years, 13, 14 years. Honestly, I would have flipped the coin on that. I would have thought that Bushwick would have been way more fucking nutso over Park Slope, you know, I mean, just yeah. kind of with the, uh, st- the, uh, you know, the p- strollers during you, I didn't know that the cocaine came on at night in Park Slope. I thought oh, that it God. was just straight strollers. You know what I mean? No, no. I mean, there's a lot like, <laughs> no. <laughs> You're like, no, no, can, not at all. there can be both. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, both of these worlds can exist. There's duality yeah. in humans. So just know yeah. you can push a stroller and then push a rail. It's not, it's not, it's not hard at all, right? I mean, and people in Park Slope have money. That's the other thing. People in Bushwick? No money. Mm-hmm. Not, so not much. as much. Not as much. Not, not, I don't want to say there's no money because, I mean, look, when you have, uh, you know, some gentrifying uh, hipsters, there's they're being backed financially by someone, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. They're but- also, they're also like, I feel like there's a lot more young people in Bushwick. Mm-hmm. Park Slope. Park Slope, it's like people that have been around a long time, been in those neighborhoods a long time, feel really comfortable. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, feel like they own the place. Ready to drink yeah, some piss. Vibe. Yeah. It's a different vibe for sure. Um, but yeah, so there's one other story that comes to mind when it, when it involving Park Slope Coke people. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> hit it. Cocaine people. It's like if if it's slow at midnight and every like the regular crowd, like the party crowd on Thursday or Friday, whatever, or or Monday um, starts slowing down and everyone leaves and you're empty at midnight or one. You just sit around and wait for the cocaine people. <laughs> yeah. They'll well, always be there. <laughs> I mean, it's like you feed a bear, right? They 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 always come back. You know what I mean? Exactly. And you're like, hey, you know what? I will stand here and let you talk at me as long as you keep giving me money. And they need that. And that's, you know, just having seen enough people on cocaine, that's generally what they they don't want a conversation. They want to talk at someone. Exactly. Well, there's a lot of like if there's two people and they want other people to be like partying with them and hanging out with them. Mm -hmm. So if there's like let's say there's like a couple dudes that are obviously doing blow together. I mean – a lot of times they're pretty like subtle about it, but you know, there's some tells. And one of those tells is just two men staring each other's faces, having their own monologue, just (laughs) laugh, like just, you know, they're each just soliloquying (laughs) into the ether thinking that they're genius thinking that like the other person is totally listening 
And, you know, it's all for naught. <laughs> and it is just literally two cocaine boats in the night just passing yeah. each other. Just two coke boats just floating right, right on past. Yeah. So, so you said, oh, wait. so you had a story. So there, is a, there is a story about a co- some cocaine boats. Yes. The coke boats. That collided, that, actually. Oh, oh, I'd let that go on. I, I want to okay. know this. I was actually working at a, it was a restaurant bar in mm-hmm. Park Slope. Um, and this is, uh, I want to say 2008 or 2009. Um, and, uh, a regular came in, he ordered his dinner and then like, like the kitchen was closing soon. His name was James and he was this, um, advertising exec dude, like okay. gay guy, super cokehead. He was from Hong Kong originally. Um, always dressed to the nines, always like ordering martinis and, Really nice guy for the most part, but you could tell that like he was going to, when he was going to turn and get like negative and get dark mm-hmm. and it, it was either when he was like, just like really getting lit up and like fucked up or maybe it was when his like cocaine was like running out and he was like coming down. Right. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really partake much in, uh, in that particular drug and definitely haven't in like over 10 years. So having like tough time trying to like harness those memories. But anyway, he would just turn super dark and there's a certain night he was totally fine. The kitchen closed. The chef was out hanging with him. Another regular was hanging and they were talking about parenting these other two guys, including the chef, because the chef's wife was about to have a baby. Okay. And, um, this advertising exec dude, you can see he's, he's about to like turn a corner cause his like, he like starts looking really sad and distant. Okay. And then he said, when I was in Hong Kong as a child, when my sister did something, my dad, my dad would beat me. <laughs> what? And everyone's just like, what? Uh. And so that, that was kind of everyone else's cue to leave. And then sure. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I'm like, now I'm stuck with this dude <laughs> and he's just talking, talking, talking. And I'm like really not paying attention because it's not, he's barely making sense and it's all just really like upsetting. So I'm like looking for things to clean and, right. um, and that's when, uh, the other ship in the night rolls through and, um, his name is Waymond. He is a chef in the neighborhood. Okay. Wait, it's like Raymond with a speech impediment. Yes. Got it. I was like, wait, is that like Wayman? Like, okay, but Waymond got Wayman. it. And okay. he, um, from the South, he's a chef. He's got a little chip on his shoulder, young black man. Um, and I find this guy hilarious. Like, and he's just, he's kind of like a button pusher. He's like, uh, he's very, I just, but I just find, I always found him hilarious. Like he, like a lot of his jokes didn't really make sense, but his delivery was like super confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, he's just quick witted and wants to have fun, but he's like, he really pisses some people off. So when he walks in, I'm just like, great. These two, this is, <laughs> this, this is going to be, this has the potential for disaster, right? Sure. Um, so he, he comes in all like, like tough guy sits right next to, um, Sad, drunk, uh, James. cokehead ad exec who's dressed up, definitely, um, not in a good place, still talking to himself. And he just starts immediately kind of like fucking with him. <laughs> He's like making fun of his, t- how he ties his tie. He's like, and it, things get a little homophobic pretty quickly. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Damn, then, uh, and then, and then the, so then, um, James, the, the ad exec just starts like laughing kind of maniacally. Oh no. And, um, and then Wayman's like, what are you, the Chinese Hannibal Lecter? <laughs> what? Yeah. Right. I'm like, okay. I'm, I, meanwhile, I'm totally checked out. I'm like pretending like I'm not there. And, <laughs> sure. and uh, James goes, well, I've never tasted dark meat. Ooh. So now it's getting racist. So we're homophobic. We're racist. We're racist. We're, you know, and it's like, 
We're throwing. But I like I, Wayman just seems like he's like having fun with it still. And but I'm like looking and I'm like, oh shit. So basically, like I dump, I take James's uh, martini glass, dump it out, give him a full pint of water, and I'm like, give him his check, and I'm like, here you go, man. Like it's time to close out. And then I just hear this low growl from James. From James. Oh Jesus! His face is like beet red, and he starts crying while growling, <laughs> while grinning ear to ear. What the fuck? It's terrifying, right? That's terrifying. horrifying. I'm visualizing this, and that is n- there's too many emotions in one body at the same time. But Exactly. And obviously not enough cocaine. Or too much cocaine. I mean, we don't know. Sure. So he takes that pint glass full of water and just, like, slow, like grabs it and slowly tips it upside down and pours the water all over the bar top in front of him. <gasps> Oh, Jesus Christ. Crack the pint glass on the edge of the bar. Now he's got a fistful of glass knives, basically. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he grabs Waymond, who's just, like, laughing on his own, like, not thinking anything's going on. And he, does, he pulled. So Waymond doesn't, like, he's not paying attention to James as he's got a fucking broken glass Well, in his he hears that. He like he's just like not super with it. I mean, I, I had a feeling he was pretty fucked up when he walked in the door. Got so it. he's okay. like not really like he's like looking out the window and he hears the glass and he like turns his head to slowly, basically. And at that point, James has like grabbed him and he's holding this broken glass. Oh no! To Wayman's throat. Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is a you know just a chill little bar restaurant job in Park Slope. Just a regular day. This just is... a regular night, you know. I still had some of my staff meal left over. Yeah, I mean. Getting, you know, getting cold on the other side of the bar. There's Pretty a... sure my appetite's gone at this point. Because there's a murder that's about to happen in it's, front of I'm you. I'm about to witness a murder. Um, Fuck. <laughs> some kind of hate crime. I'm not really sure what Yeah, crime. I was going to um... say, you've got a, you've got a multi, <laughs> you got a multi-layered hate crime that potentially could, it could go either way. Right? Holy shit. So, so what does he do? I'm just like, I don't know what to do, right? Right. So I like have my, you know, flip phone, cause again, remember it's 2008 or 2009, um, by my side and I'm just trying to reason with these guys. I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, and at this point, James is weeping, mm-hmm. holding this glass and I'm like, James, buddy, like put the glass down. Just put it down. Everything will be okay. Everyone's gotta go. This is, I'm not, we're not doing this right now. I don't want to have to call the police. He's like, don't call the police. And he like holds it even closer and he's crying. And Wayman's like, Wayman actually is like, look at this fucking asshole. You know, he's like, <laughs> really, he's like barely taking it seriously. Right. Right. Uh, Cause he's all messed up and, um, sure. <laughs> and like full of himself, you know? And um, this, it goes on probably like 30, 40 seconds, like not too super long, but it felt like hours but I'm just trying to just like talk calmly and slowly. Meanwhile, I'm trying to like open up my phone so he doesn't see and like call and call nine one one. Um, when my coworker walks in the door, right? My coworker from that restaurant walks in, and um, James just like a like a spell was broken the minute that like little bell rang on the door when it opened. Right. Drops the glass and looks over and goes. Oh, hey, Mark. <laughs> to the guy that's walking in. Jesus Christ. Like, that's like a, that's like a sociopath, like, 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 uh, lifetime movie. Like, hey there. Yeah. How's it going? Oh, hi. The spell is broken. All is that, that never happened. And it's like, yeah. And I ended up, you know, then he, then he just got 86 from everywhere and had to drink his gin martinis from home and, you know. So, and how did, so what was, uh, what was Wayman's, uh, uh, I, I, how, how did, how, how were things left with Wayman and, uh, and James? Like, because like, I, I, I don't know if you can just hold a glass to somebody's neck and then the door opens and then everybody's chill. Like how did, like. Yeah. Well, Wayman, Wayman was like, oh, he didn't want to get involved with the police. So he wasn't going to like do a report or anything. Sure. I think. I think eventually, like, he just, like, felt bad for the dude because he's like, there's obviously something wrong with him. He doesn't really have that much against me. I probably shouldn't have pushed him. I didn't really know. Like, we kind of hung out and had a little powwow for a while a while about it. Um, 
you know, just kind of recovering and like, you know, a little group therapy moment. Processing, processing the attempt. Mark ended up walking James home and because oh he lived around the corner and we just like never, I like texted everybody that worked in the neighborhood and I was like, you can't let this dude in. He's dangerous. Yeah. I know he doesn't mean, he, you know, mean to be, but he like, he's just on a razor's edge. I mean, who knows, you know? So yeah. And like, I just loved that. The, it was almost just like, he was like brought back to reality when that little <laughs> bell in the door rang and Mark walked in. It was just like, okay. Well, uh, that's, a better ending than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you know, and, and ideally that, you know, thankfully that's how that, how that story uh, shook out because, you know, I'm pretty sure Wayman was like, I don't want to die by uh, this fucking maniac's hand on a, whatever, an easy, uh, easy evening in Park Slope. This ain't how I'm trying, mm-hmm. to, this ain't how I'm trying to go out, you know? No. Holy shit, man. That's a yeah. Yeah, those are those are two zingers. I gotta say, yeah. Uh, uh, piss in the glass and uh, and a broken glass. A lot of glass. Uh-huh. Things. Uh A lot of glass. Yeah, a lot here. of glass here. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Well, look. I mean, if you have any more, you know, we'll certainly. Uh, I I certainly. I mean, you you had me. You had me at pee in the glass. Go on. Yeah. Give me more. Uh, um. I think I don't I don't know I don't know if I want to spoil it by adding another story. Yeah, you know, hey, and I was I was gonna say you know what to be honest like you, you know you've you know you're, you're you you can quit while you're ahead uh, yeah. because these are these are, those are two fucking great fucking stories you know and very visual I have to say a mm-hmm. great storyteller uh, on top of that um, well, so. You. Yeah. Uh, so now, all right. So then, you know, we'll get into our we'll get into our next segment, which is uh, you know questions for our guests. Now, uh, you know, I don't have a more clever name for it. Uh, it's my tenth episode, and I haven't quite figured out what I could call it to really catch, be it catchy. So, questions for guests is where we are. Uh, but you know, this is uh, trying to keep sh- it direct. Yeah, just, you know what, here's the deal. This is what's going to happen next. Um, so, uh, these are our five questions for our guest, right? Uh, so, you know, think of like inside the actor studio, but these are the questions that I ask each bartender to kind of get a picture of who they are, right? And, you okay. know, they are very fun, very, uh, very engaging, and, uh, we're going to have some fun. So, all right, first question. What is a myth people have about being a bartender? Um, I think the biggest and worst myth about being a bartender is that it's, that it's just like a fun party job mm, mm-hmm. and that we're all just like partying, having fun, hanging out. And it's easy peasy, you know, like it takes a lot of expertise to be a bartender. And I'm not just talking about like making cocktails and stuff. That's that, that's a whole other thing. And I enjoy making cocktails, but I do find that to be the, like the least important unless you're in some like employees only level craft cocktail place. Right. Yeah. But, um, kind of, but it's, it's about like, you know, just like, like you've heard in the stories I've told, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're dealing with people at different levels of inebriation and there's an element of danger there. And there's also an, you know, there's also a possibility for just people to have a bummer night. And it's the bartender's job to facilitate people um, to have a good time, to to not, you know, to be safe, to be um, celebratory, to not go too far. I mean, we're, we're constantly in charge of, you know, keeping our community happy and safe. And yeah, I mean, and that's, I think that's the other thing too is, is that like making drinks is only a fraction of the job because you're a psychologist, you're a negotiator, you're a police Mm -hmm. officer. Like there are so many other hats that you're wearing. So like, yeah, it isn't just all, you know, on the rocks or, you know, straight up. Like there's so Mm -hmm. much more that goes into it. So that's a, I think that's a very, uh, very broad misconception, right? Mm -hmm. So, all right. So question two. What is the biggest tip you've ever received as a bartender? From one person. Yes. Biggest tip. Um, well, and I'm going to go back to cocaine people here. <laughs> yeah, they got money. So. Um, so there's this guy who's like a billionaire that lives in uh, 
lives around, I think he's on like Prospect Park West or something in some mansion. Sure. And he will sometimes come into the bar at, at closing and say, um, if you keep the bar open for another 20 minutes so I can buy drinks for everyone and buy new friends to talk to. Oh, Jesus. Bad, right? Um, <laughs> like, I'll give you a huge tip. And I'm like, how, how big? And he's like, uh, $300. I was like, for a half hour? Uh, Let's call it four. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, listen, you really, you really pushed the, I like this. I, you pushed the, uh, <laughs> I didn't think we were going to go there. I would have uh, been like, look, uh, we'll stay an hour. Fuck it. But <laughs> make it four. And we're good. So, God. So did he, <laughs> did he give the four? Yeah. Shit. God damn, it man. It wasn't anything to him. He's a billionaire. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not even, you know, that, you know how they try and do those like comparisons of just like, you know, like a dollar to a bill, you know, it's like, tw- or like, like it's 20 bucks to us, but it's like a dollar to that. Like that's not even fucking close. There's no, no it's scale. like less than a penny or something stupid. I don't want to do the math. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm already I'm already pretty disheartened. Uh, so I don't know if I'm ready to figure out how much money I don't have in this. But hey, look, four hundred bucks for thirty minutes, man. That is uh, of just keep on working. Hell yeah, uh, that's yeah. That's uh, you annoy annoy a few people that are half your age. Cool. You do you. <laughs> yeah. D- hey, uh, you know, if it's, you know, it's not a lie if you believe in it, man. <laughs> there you go. So, all right. Uh, question number three. What's your pet peeve of a customer? What's one thing a customer does that really pisses you off? Ugh, God, I have so many. Um, I'll give you one. Give you okay. one. If you had to pick one. Um, and, you know, of course, customers do a million things that drive me crazy. Uh, but the, the thing that makes me the most crazy is when, uh, they come behind the bar <gasps> for any reason. Yo, bar is short for barricade, man. Dude, get out of here. You cannot. Try to like look at the, look at the iPod or something like that. I don't know what they're trying to do or like come and tell me something. It's like, get out. No way. That is, that is un, that is unwritten rule, uncharted water. The audacity. The audacity. And honestly, the people that have done this to me, I'm like, they act like they have no clue that it was something wrong that they did. It's like, that's a, what? I would think that's what's more infuriating, right? Is just be like, what? What? I I can't come back here? Is that my understanding? (laughs) No. Yeah. No, you sure can't. You really can. Mm-mm. All right. <laughs> so question number four. If you owned your own bar, what mm. would you name it? Mm. You know, what's funny is like I've like almost owned my own bar. I've thought about owning my own bar a lot. <laughs> and I've never come up with the name. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> um, yeah. That- I guess it would have to be. Cause I always thought it would depend on where it is and I would want to pay homage to what building, like what the building was previously or what something about the community or the neighborhood or the history of the block or something. Right. Um, but if I take all that away, if I had my own bar. Um, I'd name it. Um, uh, <laughs> It? Uh, I don't know. This is hard. We can, there, we have one more question. We can go back to it. Yeah, I was going to say, we can, uh, we can pass and then we can come back to it. Uh, that's fair. All right. So our, uh, fifth question, uh, mm-hmm. what is you, what is your favorite drink? What is your favorite drink to have? Not necessarily to make. If, if you're still, I know you said you were, you weren't drinking for a minute, but. I don't know if you still are, but if you are, yeah. what's your... I am drinking. Okay. Not currently, but I'm I'm actually a big cocktail person. And okay. I mean, I've worked in some like high-end cocktail bars and I've like won some competitions and stuff and I'm a gin drinker. Oh. Um, I like classic, my favorite, so I like to try new kind of creative cocktails with gin. Um, I'd say my favorite classic cocktail is a last word. What's uh what's in the last word? It is um gin, green chartreuse, 
uh, Luxardo maraschino liqueur and lime juice. That sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah, that's, it's that's really well balanced. It's like herbaceous and a little sweet and tart, and it really like lets the you know it really brings out the botanicals in the gin. That's really nice. That sound that does sound really good. Yeah. Uh, so well. That brings us back to our uh, fourth question, uh, okay. which is, if you owned your own bar, what would you name it? You know, I maybe I would name, I have a really cute niece, and she's got a really cute name. Her name is Augustine, but we call her Gussie. Maybe I just call it Gussie's. Gussie's. That's a great name. That's cute. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I mean, that's, I'd go. Uh, you know, but yeah, that's it. Look, you know, should, uh, should the spirit, should, uh, should the band be lifted and mm-hmm. you know, we, uh, the stars align. I think Gussie is a great name for a bar. Sure. So I say run with it. All right. So that is our five questions for our guest. Okay. Now we're going to get into what I consider to be my personal favorite. Uh, my personal favorite, uh, segment of the show is, uh, what were you drinking? Now, mm, this is a great. part of the uh, show, right, where I go through my Facebook and Twitter timeline and I find the most messiest post that someone has put up. And you, as a bartender, having seen people drink so many things over so many years, uh, so you've seen different types of drunk. Now, mm-hmm. what, yes, I, what we need for you to do for our listeners uh, is to figure out what do you think they were drinking? And, this is and now, do you know the answer, or is this all purely hypothetical? This is all purely hypothetical. Okay, I, good. We have no idea what they could have been drinking, if they were drinking, or are they just fucking crazy? Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, you know, what, you know, your, your, in your expertise, what would your assessment be if they were, in fact, drinking? What would their right, poison great. have been to create this, to create these words? So. Perfect. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to kill this. All right, perfect. All right, so here it is. Um, now, unfortunately, I don't have the time of day um, uh, to give you uh, on this one, so that also, you know, there's that could be a factor. So that would be a good clue, sure. Yeah, no, you know, well, we can only really go off the words. So here we go. <clears throat> um, when does work end and drinking begin? And there are five question marks. <laughs> five. When does work end and drinking begin? Now that's um with two M's. And (laughs) so, um, when does work end and drinking begin? Five question marks. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that would be, uh, the cans of high ABV IPA Mm -hmm. from the fridge in a startup's office. <laughs> Bang. Now, what I what I appreciate appreciate about this Alyssa is that not only did you were you able to pinpoint uh <laughs> what what has brought us there, but also the scenery behind how it happened. Sure. I think that yeah. is important. You know, um, <laughs> so again, using all the all the context and the surrounding situation, able to sure. narrow in exactly what that what that is. So yeah. uh, maybe they thought it was a session IPA. It turns out it's eight point nine percent, and that's that's where the ums and the question marks come from. <laughs> no, there are five. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is flying against all the MLA format that uh, I think <laughs> the world has come to know. So <laughs> yes, uh, uh, thank you. So thank you for uh, that uh, expert assessment there. Uh, so yeah, that is, uh, that is our show. Uh, you know, and again, Alyssa, thank you so much for, uh, downloading Skype <laughs> and, uh, being, uh, being part of the magic here in these fucking crazy times that we're living in. Um, yeah. so, you know, uh, I want to say, uh, before we get out of here, um, do you have anything you want to plug any sort of social media, you know, uh, is, you know, the bar you work in, you know, what's where people can find you that whole night. Sure. Um, so I am on both Twitter and Instagram, uh, at Alyssa may not a L I S S a M A Y not. Um, and, uh, I work at Hyde Ivan Park Slope. I also run, um, a couple comedy shows. You can find all that stuff on 
on my Instagram and Twitter. Um, and I'm hoping actually in this time of quarantine to start a little business I'd like to call bartender working from home where I will Skype with you and um, teach you how to make cocktails out of whatever the hell you have in your apartment since we're all going to be trapped and let you talk to me about whatever the hell you want to talk to me about. And we can just hang out and be together. Yo, what a great idea. Look, that's a dope idea. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, I, I, I don't know how much I'm going to charge for this. Maybe um, I'll do some pro bono work. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? For Look, hey, you know, you build a following, you, you know, once you, you know, because, uh, you know, I've watched Bar Rescue a bunch. Uh, don't judge. Uh, it's a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, you don't because anybody, you know, as John Taver would say, anybody can uh, drink uh, alcohol, right? You pay for the experience. That's why yeah. you go to a bar. You pay for the, uh, you know, the ambiance, you know, the engagement, the social factor. That's why you, uh, pay to go to a bar. So, Absolutely. you know, I think that's a, I think that's a great idea. So, <laughs> please, be on the lookout for that. Support it. You know, we are in a crazy time right now where the service industry has really taken a, a hit. So anything that you can do to support, um, the service industry, bartenders, waitstaff, et cetera, uh, you know, please do it. And, you know, of course, that extends to my comedy uh, folks as well. You know, Alyssa and I are both comics. So, you know, whatever you can do, support that. If you see someone on a Patreon and you like their content, support it. Give them money because, I mean, this is tough times right now. So, you know. Uh, yeah, we're, we're not allowed to perform in front of live audiences right now. No, no. And, it, no, you know, <laughs> by force. Uh, this is government mandate. Yeah. We are not allowed <laughs> to do this. Uh, normally, we have to pull you all in here. And now the government has told us that we can't do that. So, so, uh, yeah. yes, please, uh, you know, continue to support us and, um, everything that we're trying to do out here. We really do appreciate all of it. So, uh, you know, again, thank you so much, Alyssa, for coming through, uh, you know, doing open bar talk. Uh, you know, your stories are amazing. Um, you know, uh, very insightful. Uh, what were you drinking? And, you know, hopefully Gussie's, uh, takes off. After all of this, yes. we'd love to, we'd, we all would love to come through. Uh, so yes, uh, again, thank y'all for, uh, tuning in. If you want to find the show, you can do that. Uh, please find us at, um, openbartalk at gmail.com. Email us, hit us up, send us some cool shit, you know, send us a crazy story, you know, maybe next season we'll get your, get your, uh, stuff and content out there. We, uh, we want to hear from all y'all. Uh, so of course you want to find our show again. Uh, it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. All those places you can get at us. Rate, review, subscribe. You know, it's important that y'all give us five stars. Uh, you know, give us a review. It doesn't take too long. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to find me, I am at gymsearchcomedy.com. Uh, you can go on all the social media, find me at gymsearch. You know, I post, um, all my show dates and things like that. I run two great shows. One is uh, at the Fulton Grand in Brooklyn, New York, uh, Muddy Waters. Uh, it's a very dope show, last Thursday of every month. Uh, and, of course, I also do a hip-hop trivia night over at Beer Wax. Uh, it's uh, Trivmatic, the last Wednesday of every month. So please go out and see both of those. And, uh, of course, go uh, find Alyssa on all the social media. Go support her shows. Do everything you can uh, to help us out. We appreciate it. So that is our show. Uh, once again, Alyssa, thanks for coming through. We appreciate Thanks for that. having me. Absolutely. Uh, and, and all y'all out there, stay safe, wash your hands, sing happy birthday. Uh, if you're black, sing the Stevie Wonder version. If you're white, you know you got the other one. Uh, but either way, <laughs> just sing happy birthday. That's the important part. Uh, and just stay safe. Put a water between each drink, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>